Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's message. One of the things I want to do is make sure I'm clear and I can share with you what's going to happen in Kenya. Because you would know over the last few weeks we talked about how we're going to Kenya. And uh, I realized this morning or yesterday I thought, you know, we, we need to do a little more information on that. So you can kind of clearly see what it is. We, we, every time we've gone, I've gone in 2014 and 2016 and now, of course, 2018, Val and I both are going. And so if you weren't here those times, you wouldn't know. So I want to just give you a quick overview here of what we're doing. This is Kenya. You see Nairobi. It's not very good resolution, but you see that little dot? That's Nairobi. That's the, the capital. That's where we fly in. But up there is Turkana County. See that whole area? And that's the area where we go. So we, and, and Turkana is, is desert-like. In fact, the people that live there, their nickname, it's not a very good nickname, is the Forgotten People. Because they feel forgotten by Kenyans. So, you know, we think of Kenya, it's just like if people think of Canada, they think of one big country and we're all the same. But we know there's different regions, there's different needs. So the Turkanans are probably one of the most needy groups in Kenya. They are. And so that's where we go. Uh, you can see another map. We'll go to the next one here. And it says made for PowerPoint, which means I probably shouldn't have it up there, but I do. Okay, God forgive me. Anyway, so so um, you'll see uh, it's not very good resolution, but you see that little star there. That's a place called Lodwar. That's the capital of Turkana County. So we will be ministering in Lodwar. Actually, we'll fly into Lodwar. And then way up there on the left is Kakama. See the other one? So what we do is we land in Lodwar. We drive to Kakama on the worst road in the world. Seriously. I think it is. There might be worse ones, but you actually spend most of the time driving through the desert, not on the road. Like you actually end up doing this off the road. Uh, I'm hoping they've done some repairs in two years, but you never know. So we go up there, and uh, th- that's that's the furthest north we go. Then we come back to Lodwar, and uh, that's where we minister. Let's go to the next one here. This is Wilson and Alice Karayuki. This is the, uh, the couple that lead the, there's about 40 plus churches they work with. They started in the 90s, Wilson did, he wasn't married yet, with no church. He went to a place called Lockeray, which is a really small village with nobody, didn't even know their language. And uh, went up there from Nairobi, and God supernaturally gave him the language of the people uh, through basically as a prayer language. He spoke in tongues, and God gave him the language because he didn't know it. And so he was able to understand it and speak it supernaturally because he had no interpreter. So he went up there, and they established a church in Lockeray, and then now they have like 40. So he's an amazing leader. Like, we feel so honored to work with him and Alice. That's his wife. I can't remember how many years ago they got married. They have seven kids now, seven boys. Uh, I think three of them, is it three or four of them are their own? Three? And four are, four, are, four are their own, and three are adopted. Two of the adopted ones were basically left in the desert for dead, and they adopted them, brought them into their home. So Wilson and Alice are heroes to us. Now, one of the things that we want to do when we go and see them, we can go to the next slide, is uh, in the past, this is like two years ago, Alice, we, we, had, we took gifts. And you're probably aware, I think Lisa Perez is in charge of that. Um, gifts for the kids, the, the, the boys in the rescue center, and also for Alice and, and Wilson. And uh, we took her, I think, a couple of purses last time and so she modeled them for us and we got there she's such a sweetheart so um we're going to do that again and if you want to send gifts for wilson and alice or for the kids um feel free to talk to lisa perez and she's not here she's over in kids rock but if you need to know who she is uh we'll we'll help you with that so uh let's go to the next one here's the boys oh no back back to the boys there we go thank you so this is a couple of the boys that are in the what they call the rescue center so this is um what they set up with these other kids that they brought in and so we brought we took them toys last time we're going to try and do the same thing oh we're good for toys okay kids are good all right um so one of the things we do want to do though we'll we'll just stay here for a minute with wilson and alice is is interesting this time i felt the lord put a burden on me for them uh they're kind of the top of the food chain there and what i mean is they don't have any other support, uh, like spiritually, people covering them in, in Kenya. They're, they're the leaders of this network of churches, but there's, 
there's really no one imparting to them. Really, there isn't. Uh, we, we, we can see that. And so I think for Val, Val's going this time, I think it's just really hugely pivotal because, um, you know, obviously Val's raised boys. Uh, we've had discussions with Wilson and Alice about raising boys, and they're looking forward to that. And Alice, I think, is really going to benefit by Val being there because they're going to be able to connect. And one of the things you want to do is there's a, in that desert-like area called Turkana, there is a lake. It's called Lake Turkana, and it actually is a very nice place. So what we're trying to do this time is we want to take, uh, go with Wilson and Alice, and there's also Gary Lemire from Medicine Hat, who is part of our church there, and, and he always comes with us. And uh, we want to take them out to Lake Turkana, and we want to have a day and a half where we can just pray with them, talk with them, minister to them, and they can rest. Because we feel like they don't ever get that. So we're believing God that we're going to be able to do that, and that's part of the plan. And I really felt this time it was different than even other times. What they generally do, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> they ring you out. So last time I was there, I just ran out of gas at the end because I'd spoken so many times. Of course, because you're there, they want you to speak as many times as possible, and it's great. But, you, you know, so this time I said, hey, let's just, like, you know, figure out the key things, and then uh, let's, let's make sure we get Wilson and Alice to a place where we can minister to them because if they fall apart and they're not, and they've had some tough things lately, then this whole ministry falls apart. So that's one of our goals. Let's go to the next slide. And this is Boda. Um, this actually, just a report on this. This is a church near Lodwar. Remember I showed you that star with Lodwar, the, the capital of Turkana County? This is just, I can't remember what direction, but it's close to there, relatively speaking. And we drove out there. This is what it was. It was the poles and the, the metal roof. Well, because of this church, you need to understand this, because this church is now metal clad, fully finished, and w they had like a toilet, like a latrine, where um, <laughs> there was like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like a, it was like almost like a grass hut, and then the stuff flowed down the hill openly, yeah, <laughs> so we, we didn't think that was a good idea when we were there, we're like, eh, it doesn't look sanitary, there's little kids running around, so what we did is we sent money, and now that's been changed, but that's because of this church, right, so you need to know, like, things are happening because of your donations, because of what we're able to do. So we're going to go back, and we'll take pictures of those things. Like, we'll take pictures of the latrine, you know, report back, and maybe even get to use it. And, and we'll, we'll take pictures of the church completed, but we're going to go there this time. All right. This is up in Kakama, so that's the northernmost area I showed you. This is the Elam Pentecostal Church up there. This is um, a church that Wilson planted. And uh, so we'll be up there ministering. We're going to do teaching and training up there in Kakama. We're also going to do, if you go to the next slide, uh, this is the UN refugee camp in Kakama. So there are churches there that Wilson works with that have been established. And so we're going to do leader training in the church in, in Kakama itself. And then we're going to go into the UN camp. There, now, you got to understand this. The UN camp is not like little white tents. And I had, I had this picture before I ever went there. There are 190,000 people live in the UN camp in Kakama. It's one of the biggest in the world. They're actually starting another one that's bigger uh, because of the South Sudanese. It's going to probably be over 200, and it's just to the to the um, to the west, uh, a ways. But this one is is huge, and there's and and people live here for decades. Uh, they don't. <laughs> there's people been living there since the early 90s, and so they have. There, I think there's at least three churches he has there, and so what we do is we'll go in again like I did last time, and we'll speak to the leaders in those churches in the camp. So we're going to do that on one of the days. And uh, interesting story, and I'll get to my message, but this might be the message. <laughs> you know, sometimes just knowing what we're doing and hearing what God's doing is, is as important as anything. I mean, I can cut the other one and make it shorter. But um, this right here, you know, this is really cool what happens. So, so when we, you know, going, to be honest with you, Going here, I'm going to be very real, it's a challenge, okay? Uh, I'm personally not jumping up and down, clicking my heels, because I know what it's going to involve. It is, it's challenging. It's 40 degrees centigrade weather, and look at me, Mr. Pale, right? Like, I'm not built for this. I sweat profusely. Um, you know, I wasn't built for that. I was, God, why are you sending me? He goes, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness, right? Okay, that's true. Makes sense. Send me to a hot climate. I'll be very dependent on you. So, um, so uh, you know, you feel, you feel it when you, when you book this. And Val and I were kind of wrestling with whether we were supposed to go. And um, 
and, and even like wanting to defer it. And there's never really a good time, right? There's always stuff going on. And so here's the cool part. I got to share this with you. We, we booked it. I talked to my friend Gary and Mesnet is going with us. He'll be here next week. You get to see him. And, and we want you to lay hands on us and send us out next week because that would be really important. Um, and Gary will be here too. But um, I just talked to him on the phone. And we just had booked the tickets. And it's the big moment. You book the tickets, you're in. It's done. So I booked the tickets, and I thought, this is when I was still in my office complex. And uh, I went to the kitchen to get a coffee. I thought, okay, it's done. I went to the kitchen. And there's this black man standing in the kitchen. He's talking to somebody else. I could tell he was from Africa just by his accent. And so I thought, oh, he's from Africa. I wonder where he's from. So uh, when he stopped, I said, hey, um, where, where, where are you from? He says, I'm from South Sudan. I said, South Sudan. I said, I'm going to be very close to South Sudan very soon. Uh, I'm going to be in Kakama. He goes, Kakama? He says, I lived there for nine years in Kakama. Yeah. I went, wow, really? He goes, yeah, I'm one of the lost boys. Anybody ever heard the story of the lost boys, the, the South Sudanese who fled the conflict? And, and anyway, they've been brought over to North America. And this guy had been brought to the States. And then he went to UFC, got his MBA. And now he's working in Calgary. And he's in the building that I was in. I mean, I never met him before. And I met him five minutes after I booked the flights. Do you think maybe that's God? Maybe? So I'm like, really? That's who? He goes, yeah. We started talking. He's like excited. I'm going to Kakama. He, and I said, well, I'm going to the refugee camp. He's like, oh, here, here's some names. And, and go to this part of the camp. I mean, it's really, really big. So I don't know if we'll get to see his friend. But my point is, I felt like God was telling me, yeah, you're supposed to go. Like, this is not by chance. You're supposed to be there. So I was really encouraged. I went, oh. Thank you, Lord. We needed that. Okay, we're supposed to go. And here's another thing that happened this last week. This is really cool, too. So Wilson Karayuki, who we're going to go see, was in Canada. And it was a last-minute thing. Another church brought him in. So I got to see him at the airport last Monday. So I went up to Tim's near the airport, Tim Hortons. And, uh, you know, we had lunch. And then we're getting ready to leave. So as we're getting ready to leave, there's a lady, uh, a black lady, and her uh, Caucasian uh, husband were sitting over on the side there. And so um, Wilson, I guess, had kind of waved her earlier. And so as he leaves, he kind of waved her. And for some reason, just felt prompted. And I said, yeah, hey, we're, yeah, see ya. We're, I'm just taking him to the airport. He's going back to Kenya. And this woman goes, Kenya? It's kind of almost the same thing again. She goes, I went to boarding school in Kenya. So she starts talking to Wilson, telling him where she was. And they, they're talking in Swahili. I mean, it was really kind of surreal. And uh and, and she got information. She was so excited. She got information. We shared information. And I left there again, and I thought, what are the chances of that happening, you know, today in Tim Hortons by the airport in Calgary? This woman who now lives in Canada from Kenya is there. When Wilson, Like, it was God. And I, I just sensed again God saying, no, no, I want you to go. I'm just nailing this in. You need to go. It's important you go there. And you're meant to go there. So don't. Don't struggle at all with that, okay? So I'm telling you that in case you struggle with us going there. Oh, I'm being real. Like, you, you just need to know there's a reason. I believe God wants all of us to be part of this, and that's my heart. So let's go to the next one here. Um, yeah, this is the refugee camp. Those are some big water towers. Let's go to the next one. This is one of the churches in the refugee camp. That's me there with these are leaders that they brought together. That's what Val and I will be doing. Um, Val's going to do some teaching actually on family and parenting, which they've never had that. They don't usually get that, right? So Val's actually going to talk about some, she's got some messages on parenting and family. Val, come on up and say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Val a big clap. I was just thinking, I never do this, but I think I better say, I need to say something. So, oh, thanks, honey. Oh, brother, my kid. Anyway, I, I just wanted to say, I know, um, <clears throat> If you're on the prayer group email on CCB, you would have had an email from me saying, Church, can you please pray? We know how the enemy works. And just a heads up that when God is at work and we're going to step out and do something, I I'm not kidding you. I'm scared. Because I haven't been international for a really long time. There's a lot of heat. This is not like a vacation trip or anything like that. But I'm okay. I'm good. And I have had the Lord assure me so many times, I'm going to be fine. And uh, I know there's so many things that can happen, but I know that God is big. And so when, they, when, when Gary phoned and he said, Val, here's the deal. He said, those women, there's many women that go up 
from Nairobi, and they live sacrificially so they can serve the Chicana people. And he said, no one ministers to them. And so we're going to go and we're going to speak in churches, some of the churches. The culture is so different. And Ian and I were just saying, was it this morning, honey, that we just said, we are in over our head. We always, we'll, we'll probably never be in less than over our head because that's just God and that's life, right? So when we sent out that prayer request, things happened like within, within a day. Whack, 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 whack in our family and in our church and stuff just, bizarre stuff that never happens. We had a few days of just smack after smack after smack. And I just thought, thanks, God. I, I, I see this. I see it for what it is. And I know God is mighty. And I, I guess what I wanted to say to you besides please pray is that God would give us the word so that we could speak to the culture and speak. I know what I would say to um, Americans about parenting and marriage, but I'm going to have to tweak it. And I need the Holy Spirit. And he's done that for me before. He's totally rewritten things that I've prepared. And I'm totally ready for that because I need it. I need him to show me what's going on. And Ian needs him to show us. We want to minister to those leaders. So thank you for your prayers. But I also want to encourage you. I really felt that I felt a lot of opposition this morning, actually, in worship. And I know that may sound weird to some of you. But sometimes I sense what's God, what God is doing in the greater body and stuff, too. And so, you know, God wants to say to each one of you, you are, we are an extension of you. Whatever we do in Kenya, God is doing through you. And it will be credited to your account. I believe that with all my heart because that's what the scripture says too. So thank you for your continued prayers. We are praying for you pretty much all the time. We do pray a lot. Just you're on our hearts because that's, that's what God's asked us to do. So sorry, honey. Love you. Thanks. No, sorry. That's good. That's perfect. Um, Wilson told me that Val coming, she is, she is, he says she's the highest level female leader they've had come there. He just means her authority, what she carries. They've not had someone like her come. And so I believe that. And so I think it's really, really important. And, and to be honest, and I, you know, being honest would be good, right? I'm your pastor. I should be honest. But, um, but, but really, my biggest concern is not so much for myself. I've been there a couple times. I know what to expect. It's for my wife. And I, I want her to have good sleep. Sometimes she's battled with that. Um, it, it can be hotter. There's a number of factors. I really encourage you, especially to pray for her. Um, it's going to be good. I believe God is already ahead of us. And I don't want to paint some grim picture because I've been there. It's not grim, but I'm just saying it, it can be challenging. And, and I just really want Val to, to be uh, strengthened that way. So um, the other thing that Wilson told us, which was really cool, he has connections. And I, I don't say this. How can I say that? I, I don't want this to sound... Um, bragging or or like we're trying to toot our horns but i think it'd be important for you to see this he has other pastors and leaders he works with but he said to me he says you know what ian i don't have the pastoral connection that you guys do and with us he said you guys minister to us you guys impart to us and that honestly really touches my heart and i i feel hugely honored that we would have a role like that because i really think that wilson is just an amazing man of god I, we, we feel honored all the time the stuff god does through their lives the miracles the things they've done i just think you know, we, we feel humbled that we're part of that in, in some small way. So if you could just pray that we could be an impartation to them. I think we're really meant to carry something for them. And in fact, that's what the apostolic does. The apostolic goes in and, and brings support and strength to the ministries going in. And that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to go and to kind of cover that in a certain way. So if you pray for that. All right, the next slide. This is food distribution. So one of the things we want to do is we, we do want to buy some food and give it away. This was in Lockeray, uh, giving away last time. And so we want to do that when we're there because they've had some real serious drought. And um, uh, it's not been good up in, in Turkana. Um, the drought over the last couple of years has been really rough. So we want to we do some food distribution. Then this next picture is some Turkana women. Oh, not yet. Uh, this is, no, that's okay. We, we can go back to Lockeray. This is Lockeray. This is kind of the bit of the terrain that we're looking at in a way. There's a hut there. And the next one is the Turkana women. And they are, like, brightly colored. I just find them amazing the way they dress. And uh, this is some of them in one of the communities. And uh, uh, we'll be, Val will be ministering, I think, especially to them. And then, uh, lastly, there's a water well pick, I think. And so we're going to go and see Nehemiah Construction that we work with. Uh, I'm one of the directors on their board. Uh, we usually go and see some of the water wells that they dig. And they're, they're digging one a month right now. So uh, they, do, they do really important work that way, and they work in association with Wilson. So I don't want to belabor this too much, but 
if you could really be praying, uh, that would be uh, amazing. One new thing that just happened, I got a call this morning, and uh, Gary Lemire out of Mass County is so pumped because God's doing something else now. And what it is, is there's a guy from Lethbridge, when Wilson was over here, he connected with a guy in Lethbridge who, uh, at, at an event he was at, and this guy, God just got his heart erected for Turkana. And so what he's done is he started a goat program. I know it sounds kind of funny, but they're going to buy 150 goats, and he's got people. The goats are a big deal. And so he's got 150 goats that are going to be provided um, that this guy's raising money. And this guy went over with uh, Wilson on Monday. And what has happened is he's talked to Compassion. And Compassion, here's the problem. We try to do this. Uh, if you're a sponsor with Compassion, you know what I'm talking about, Compassion? They don't sponsor kids in Turkana right now. Now, there's a lot of needy kids there. And so this young man got a burden for um, getting Compassion connected with Turkana. And so he went over with Wilson with the idea that he was going to meet with Compassion. Well, here's the cool part. That's all been scheduled the day Val and I arrive in Nairobi with Gary. That day, that morning, we're going to have a meeting with this young man and with Wilson with the Compassion in Kenya to plead the case for the Turkanans that they would start supporting 300 Turkanic kids. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to... We're going to be part of that, and the timing, I mean, Gary was just bouncing off the wall this morning when he called me, and I got excited, too, because I thought, wow, this is really cool. That could be catalytic. Think if we can get, like, these kids sponsored and be kind of spokespeople. So a lot is happening, and I just want to finish with this, and I'll, I'll just be right up front. So we, we are part of the budget, and we sent you a, a sheet with this. Our part of the budget that we want to raise is 9000 and Gary's looking to raise seven. And so we're at about five on our end of it. And I'm always hesitant to ask for money. I really am. Because uh, I never want to feel coercive and, you know, all that. But I'm just going to throw it out. Um, we're believing for the other four. So if you could pray with us, but also if God puts on your heart to give, then that would, I think you can see it's good soil. That's all I'm going to say. And if he doesn't, that's cool. God's going to provide. I believe that everything we're planning, you know, we only go every couple years. So when we go, we want to hit the ground, and we really want to make a difference. So that's part of why we're, we're doing all this in one shot. Is that okay? I'm done now with that. All right. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to share something revelatory with you. No, you know what? That was important. I felt that this morning. I felt the Lord really put in my heart. He said, you know, uh, you need to really communicate with them what you do. And they, they can't really picture it. And I just want to say that I apologize. should have done this earlier. Didn't, didn't think to, um, because I really do want you guys to be with us and, and to feel you're a part, because you are. You know, when, when, you, when you pray, when you support, you're a part of what God is doing there, and we represent you. And, and honestly, as we move forward in the years ahead, I, I'm praying to God that that would be the synergy here, that you would sense that more and more, because God has more for this church. You know, I, I had a prophetic word, and this is amazing, and, you know, you need to hear this. So uh, we were in Regina. And uh, um, at the AMP, at the Accelerated Ministry Preparation uh, Graduation. And what they do on the Friday night is, is they prophesy over the, the students, right? And so they have, like, Regina Church has an amazing team that, you know, prophesies and ministers. And so they, they split up and they, different areas, and they prophesy over them. And, and, uh, and, and so they did. And I went to, I had two guys, and I went to their groups and listened, and it was amazing. So then we came back down, Val and I both, and uh, they were just finishing up in this one area. Uh, and uh, so they said, hey, let's prophesy over you. I'm never going to turn that down, to be honest, right? <laughs> it's always great to hear from God. And, uh, you know, and, and so we sat down, and we didn't realize it, but the strongest guy in their team, probably the most accurate, high-level prophetic guy, was the guy prophesying over us. It was amazing. Didn't know that. Didn't know anything. I'll just tell you this much. He, now, if you were here five years ago, uh, which is a long time ago now, we had a word by a guy named Clem Ferris, who, who is uh, uh, a really high-level prophetic guy. He travels all over the world, and uh, so churches bring him in to minister. When I say prophetic, if this is not common to you, because it might not be, we, sometimes we use this language, and uh, a prophetic person, just somebody who really hears from God clearly and is able to impart wisdom and truth, 
to either individuals or organizations, right? And the guy I'm talking about, Clint Ferris, he's like literally that's his role in the world. Uh, like, like, like he's ordained as like a prophet. So he's very, very solid. And he gave us, he was here and he preached, and he gave us a message in 2013 that this church, God was going to uh, provide us land. We would build our own building at one point, and it would become a training center that people would come and go and to the nations. I mean, it was a very big, like, very big word, right? And so um, we had that. Well, this young man puts his hands on us praying, and he's like, pause. He, he takes, like, minutes, like, like forever. It was almost uncomfortable. And, and, and all of a sudden, because I think he was processing what he was hearing, and he said, this is what he said. He said, I think you need a building. I'm like, yeah, you're right on that. He says, God is going to provide you with a building, and, but it will be a world-class training center. That's what he said, world-class. He said, people will come and go. It's the same picture that we got five years ago. People will come and go, be trained in the prophetic, in church planting, and he listed all these things. And he said, they will come and they will go to the nations. And uh, God's going to, and he said, God's going to provide you with a piece of land, which is what Clem said five years ago. He actually said land and building. And then he paused again for a long time. And he says, I hate getting into numbers. But he says, I believe God's going to provide you millions of dollars to do this. And I'm thinking, well, I will take millions of dollars to do this. And he went on and then they went on and prophesied more. All I'm saying is, um, you know, we look at what we are right now, and it's fine. It's good. You know, I was thinking yesterday I was at an event, a birthday party for someone here who crossed the mid-century mark. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, and I was thinking, what a great church we have. Like, what, what wonderful people. I, I was mulling it as I went home. I thought, you know, it's so rich, these relationships and what God's doing in our church and the way people take care of people. I was just mm, so blessed. And, uh, but I, I just think that sometimes we can think, well, that's all there is. There isn't. There's more. And I don't know how God's going to do that. I have no idea. I don't know how God's going to expand this church like he's promised. But I'm confident he is going to. And I'm confident that you who are here serving and attending and laboring, and that's part of my message that I may eventually get to, that, that, um, that God is wanting to bless you and encourage you and let you know that he sees what you're doing and that it's valuable to him. And that you are part of something a lot bigger than you realize. And it's not because it's about Val and I. It's because there's something on the heart of God for this church, for this city, and for our network. It's in his heart. That, that's what blew me away when I heard that word again. I thought, God, you know, because I'll be honest, sometimes I've thought to myself, you know, I said it to some, some people in the prayer room today. I said, sometimes I thought, God, got that word in 2013. I think I blew it as a leader. You know, like, where are we now? I mean, it's 2013. Here we are years later. It feels like we haven't really moved like forward like we'd like to. And, you know, maybe you're saying, you know, Ian, I thought you were the guy to do that, but I thought you guys would do it. I'm kind of a little disappointed. I don't think you're going to do it. I'm moving on. He didn't say that at all. He actually came back with the exact same vision. And I mean, seriously, if you look at it, you say, this is the same building here, somebody different. And you realize this is on God's heart. This church is meant to be a place that will resource the nations. This church is meant to be a place where people are going to come and go. And that includes you, right? Like, this is just other people. That, that means there's going to be more for you. That means you're going to be part of something. And I I feel in the Father's heart, He wants you to see that. And it's not about me. Listen, I, I, I can be as pedestrian as anybody else. I can be as focused on the here and now as anyone else. But when I start sensing the heart of God, I realize, God, you have great things. And it's not about us. And, and wouldn't it be like God to take something unlikely? To take a, a group of people that seem unlikely? To take these people that have been cloistered away in a theater for years and say, what are we going to do? We need a building. We don't know what to do. Wouldn't it be like God to take a group like that and say, you know, I've got a bit more for you. Let's, let's do something where people go, wow, only God could do that. And look at the leader and go, wow, only God could do that. <laughs> I mean it. I'm serious. And I think that's God's heart. And so I think our posture the posture of our hearts, the posture of how we pursue God is the biggest thing. So all I'm saying with this is 
I'm believing that all the money will come in. And I, I just ask that we pray and then we give as God leads. And I'm believing. And I have requests out to other churches. I had one of my other churches in the network that I work with, that we work with, give us a thousand bucks. You know, bless their hearts, right? So, I mean, there's other people. There's friends and family I've talked to. So there's, there's resources coming. And I'm, I know God's going to cover it. And I know we're going to get to do all this. So that's all I want to say. And it segues into my message, which won't be very long, but it will be powerful. All right. And then here's the message. Here's the message. God sees us. And that actually fits perfectly with what I've just been talking about. You know, the message is called Now You See Me. And, uh, you know, interesting with kids, and I do have a cute slide I'll show you. Interesting with kids, I think it's the next one. There you go. I love this picture. Um, you know, it's interesting with kids, right? They, they, you know, they say, Daddy, Daddy, look at me. Daddy, look at me. I remember Lyndon, and in particular, our youngest, you know, he would grab his mom's face. He'd say, Mom, look at me. And then just to make sure, he'd grab her face and hold it right in front of him. And he'd look her in the eye, like, make sure you're looking at me. I want you to see me, right? I mean, this kid here would be, Mom, look at me. And hopefully, he didn't wipe out after this, right? Otherwise, it would be a little grim, but... The kid looks pretty confident. Anyway, so mom and dad, look at me. Look at me. And there's a need that we all have to be seen, right? You know, you think of relationships. You think of a marital relationship. Uh, the Either spouse wants to be seen and known. In fact, one of the problems that happens in marriages over time is that is that um, that need or that desire to know the other person and see the other person can diminish. And then the other person doesn't feel like you see them or know them or want to. Why do I say this? Because I understand this tension, right? We've had these talks, right, about what that looks like. But the key is my wife wants to know that I see her and I know her and want to know her. That's part of my love for her. And it's the same for me. We want to be seen. So one of the biggest things in life is we can get to a point where, you know, we can feel invisible. We can feel like we're not seen. And uh, maybe even not seen for who we are. I remember a story I have in, uh, I think it's the next picture here. Um, so uh, in 1995, I bought a vending business. Yeah, he loved it because he <laughs> ate all the snacks. And it, it was called Pick-A-Snack, right? This isn't actually Pick-A-Snack. This is something else. Notice it says, thank you for your honesty, right? Because it's like a cardboard box. It's very high tech. It's like a cardboard box with a slot. You put a loony in there. And you hope people don't rip you off, right? So uh, sometimes we nicknamed it Sneak-A-Snack because we had people, you know, some boxes you just pull them out of the location because you're 20 bucks short. Somebody's not paying, so you just pull it out. But most of the time it wasn't too bad. People were generally honest. Anyway, I bought this, this you know, I was in between stuff, finished being an insurance agent. So I, I decided I wanted to, we moved to Tabor to, to be volunteer youth pastors. We needed to do something to make a living. So I, I bought this. I got a propane van. I've never had a propane van. It was this white propane van, and I, and I had these, um, these boxes. Like I think I had 150 of them, and they were a little different than this, but they're like a cardboard box. And I took them, had this area, and I went to all these places, and I, I had them insert them into their, you know, into their business, and people would buy the snacks. And I'd go up and, and pick them up and take them home, and we'd count them and repack them, and I'd hire people. And anyway. It was exciting as long as I was setting up new locations. That was exciting. Hey, would you take, yeah, great, I got another five boxes. But once I set it all up and had no place to go, I think the second day I was bored out of my mind. I remember going to the van going, I know exactly where I'm going today, and I know what's going to happen. I hate this job. Like, that's the way I felt. Because I'm just not that, I, like, as long as I was building it, it was exciting. But getting in the van, <laughs> I remember just, oh. So I didn't last very long. I lasted seven months. And then I sold it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is, uh, <laughs> I need more, right? But anyway, during this time, I had an experience that, that I never had before. And some of you probably have had this experience for various reasons. I had never had it. So I carried, you know, I had, a, I remember I had a ball cap, like very nondescript kind of appearance. It wasn't like I was dressed in a suit. I'm delivering a snack box, right? I went to the Tabor machine shop, labor, you know, the Tabor shop for the town of Tabor. And I had a box in my hand. I went in there to change out the box. I'd put it in the old one and leave. And it's pretty simple. You can see why I was bored, right? So I went in there. And there was people standing around the area. 
fine. So I went over, and I changed the box out. And this one guy, he was like, I think the main guy, for some reason, he felt like he had to make an example of me and uh, kind of become the bully. I don't know how to describe it. So he starts kind of demeaning, talking down to me, you know, like I'm just this servant guy kind of thing. And he start, he calls me boy. I mean, seriously, I'd never had anything like that. It was just bizarre. And I just, and the other guys were kind of uncomfortable, you could tell. And I just kind of, I don't know what I did. I just kind of shrugged it off and left. But I remember leaving, and I thought, wow, like that guy made all sorts of judgments about me, right? Like, like he doesn't, he's just thinking of me as this guy delivering a snack box. And so he's judging me, you know, and he's putting me down to make himself feel better. And, uh, and. You know, he doesn't know that I own this business. He doesn't know anything about me, but he's just made this surface judgment, and then he's put me down. And, I, and, and he didn't see me properly. Do you know what I'm saying? He didn't see me. He, he saw his uh, prejudice about me. He saw his opinion of me. And it, it hurt. And I, I remember God saying to me in a, in a way, he's done this a few times, it's kind of good for you to see that. Like, you've never felt that before, but there are people that feel that every day, Right? And so you need to kind of understand how that feels. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel very good. I feel, I feel kind of diminished. And he goes, well, that's how, that's how it happens. Now, my point in sharing that story with you is that um, <clears throat> I wasn't seen. And, and so the hard thing for all of us is, is, is not being seen. Either not being seen for who we are or being seen incorrectly, being misjudged, being stereotyped. That's really hard. And so when we, so here's, here's the exciting part. When we know that God sees us, when we realize that there is someone that sees all of us and sees who we really are and respects and honors who we really are, it, it changes everything. We cannot diminish how this is and how this works in our lives. And there's a story in Genesis 16 that I'm going to give you here, uh, and it's of Hagar. And this is kind of a different story by today's standards. I'm just going to tell you that right now. If you're looking at it by today's standards, it's different. So here's the background. So Abraham, who's like the father of the faith, if you know, Abraham um, is the patriarch of the Jewish and Christian faith, really. And so he was promised he was going to have a son. Except that because he needed an heir, because God said, through your descendants, I'm going to bless the earth. You're going to have nations that come from you. It's amazing. But he didn't have a son. That's kind of a problem. God said, you'll have a son. And he was, still, he was actually quite old when he already had that promise. Then time went by, and he got impatient. Anybody ever had that problem? God said, I'm going to do this. And you're like, okay, God, you're going to do it. And then God, then he's like, he's not doing it. So you get impatient. So sometimes we take matters in our own hands. So he did. And what he did, like, again, culturally, this is so different for us. His wife, Sarah, had a kind of a servant named Hagar. And so in those days, again, it's kind of bizarre, they'd say, well, you know, um, the wife can't have children, but if the servant of the wife has children with the husband, uh, then it's like your kid. Again, it just sounds bizarre saying it, but that's, that's what it was. So, so in, anyway, Abraham ends up having a child through Hagar. She gets pregnant. And, uh, but then once she gets pregnant, she kind of, you know, begins to kind of, in a sense, rub it in the face of Sarah, like, hey, I got, I'm having a kid. You can't have a kid. Kind of what's wrong with you, that kind of thing. And so there's a bit of tension, and then Sarah starts to mistreat her, and then she flees. She leaves into the desert. And, and it, it's just a, it, it's one of those powerful moments in the Bible. There's certain key moments in the Bible where God reveals himself in a certain way. So here's what happens. She flees into the desert, which isn't a good good place to be and the angel of the lord found hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness and anytime in the bible it says the angel of the lord it's actually jesus it's jesus before he actually came to earth okay it's it's called a christophany it's like jesus showing up ahead of time so when it says the angel of the lord it's actually jesus okay so it's like jesus found hagar uh beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to shore the angel said to her hagar Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? Sometimes God does that to us, doesn't he? Where have you come from and where are you going? You ever wonder that? Like, where have you come from, where are you going? Now, why does he ask you where you come from? Because he wants you to face your past. He wants you to face defeat. He wants you to face the ugly things. But then the good news is, and where are you going? In other words, I want to take you on 
into the future. I, I don't want to just leave you where you came from, but I want to take you into something. So where you come from, where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. Wow, that's quite a promise. So he just says, look, go back. Go back to Sarah. Go back to that household. Um, don't run away. You know, isn't that sometimes the way God deals with us? We want to run away, get away from the pressure. God says, no, no, no. Go back to the pressure. Like, I, I haven't released you from the pressure. Go back. But I'll go with you. And, oh, by the way, I'll really bless you when you go back. That's what he's saying to her. And then he says this. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Bir Lahai Ra, which means well of the living one who sees me. Now, what was Hagar so excited about? Ultimately, she was excited that God saw her. It's kind of like the picture of the boy on the bike, right? Daddy, daddy, look at me. Look at me. We want God to see us. We want to know that when we're going through hard times, he, he, there's, two, there's two times we want to know God sees us. Can I tell you what they are? When we go through a hard time, we want to know God sees us. We want to know that God says, um, I'm, I'm here. I, I see your plight. I'm going to provide. Don't worry. Now, we all have moments where we wonder that. You ever wondered that? Does he really see me? Things don't look good right now. I think I don't think you see me. Am I in an invisible shield here? Like, you know, like we wonder, does God see me? So we want him to see us when we're going through hard times. We also want him to see us when we do well, right? Don't we? We want God to see us do well. We want God, like, God, I hope you're seeing me right now. I'm being a good boy. I mean, I'm not saying that's healthy, right? But, but I like, God, look at me right now. Like, you know, not in a weird way, but I, I want God to see me when I'm thriving and I'm doing his will, and I want him to see me when I'm not doing so well. God, do you see me? And here's the good news. God sees you all the time. He sees both about you, and he loves you. He loves you. So and this will be part one. See, next week will be part two. It's perfect. Now I don't have to prepare anything for next week. God is so faithful to me, right? It's just so perfect. Anyway, so, so here's the good news about this. God sees us, and, and look at this, 2 Chronicles 16 9a, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I, I love this scripture. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. Like, can you just imagine God from heaven looking down, surveying people? Because he sees hearts. He sees your heart. He's looking, and he says, who can I strengthen today? Who can I move in their life today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I lift up today? He's, he's ranging, he's looking for people. And, and what is it that he's looking for? Those who are fully committed to him. Here's the good news. You don't have to be all that. You don't have to be amazing. All you and I need to do is just choose that we're going to be completely committed to whatever God has for us. Yeah, but pastor, I'm not perfect in that. I fail, and sometimes my attitude's bad. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's true. But all God is looking for, is that person committed? Is that person fully devoted as much as they can? Are they, is their heart, like it's, it's like a pursuit thing. Those that are pursuing God, those that want him, those are like, God, I, I fail you. I let you down. I fall often. But God, I want to get up again. I want you so badly in my life. I want to honor you. I want to live for you. I want to become like you. Those people, God looks and he sees them. Even in all their warts and failures, he sees them. He goes, I'm going to fully strengthen that, that guy, that woman. I'm going I'm to strengthen them. I'm going to help them. He's ranging. His eyes are looking. You should feel encouraged by this. His eyes are looking for you. And all the posture is just, the, the key thing is just the posture you and I have. Just our posture. Even in our weakness. Just that we posture ourselves before God going, God, here I am. I love you, God present myself to you God again and he, his eyes will find you look at Psalm 33 another good scripture the Lord watches over those who obey him those who trust in his constant love the, the Lord watches over those who obey him those who trust in his constant love 
doesn't that sense of God watching over you provide some comfort? It's massive. Watching. Can you picture the watching over? You know, when I think of the watching over, I think of a mom standing by a crib looking down at her sleeping baby. I mean, I've, I've seen that, right? Those are some of those precious moments. And I remember with my kids, my wife standing there, or I standing there looking over. I remember Addison lying in the crib. Addison, who's over here and makes awkward comments. But Addison lying, <laughs> Addison lying, <laughs> he knows I love him, lying in the crib. And I remember looking over him and standing there, and I remember vividly going, God, I pray for my son. I pray that he'd grow up. I fully love you. I pray that his heart would would be yearning for you, God. I remember that. And that was me watching over him. That was me, my heart being projected to who he was and saying, I'm going to protect this son. I'm going to, I want to see him nurtured. That's how God is with you and I. He watches over us. And here's the only thing he needs from us. Those who trust in his constant you know, with, with the promises that I mentioned from this last week and other promises God's given us, I felt like God, and Val and I both sensed this this week, that God was just telling us, you know, just believe me, right? Just be simple and childlike and believe me. But God, how? But God, yeah, yeah, no, just believe me. Just say, yeah, I'm going to fully trust in your love. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of these things. I'm going to trust that you know what I need. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. I'm going to trust that you know the way forward. You care for me. And just like that baby in the crib, you are watching over me all the time. Some of you need to hear this today. You do. You need to know. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how, how much responsibility you have. It doesn't matter you know, what you carry. One thing I realize more and more in life is I am, I will always just be a child to God. <laughs> no matter what I do, no matter what I engage in, I, and I need to just stay a child. And what's a child like? A child is trusting. A child knows. You know, my grandkids, they, they don't fret at night worrying if their parents, Russ and Polar, are going to have food on the table the next day. They don't worry about that. They get up in the morning, and they run out, and they eat food. You know what I'm saying? Because those parents are, are watching over. They're taking care of them, right? They're not fretting. And that's what I want to be. I want to be that. I'm not saying I'm always that person, but that's what I want to be. I want to be that child who knows I'm seen. Daddy, look at me. Yeah, I'm looking, son. I'm looking. I see your agony. Hey, son, I'm looking. I see what just happened there. You ever heard God say he's proud of you? If you haven't, he wants to tell you that. Maybe you're just filtering it out and you won't let him talk to you. But he wants to tell you when you do well. He doesn't want to just tell you, you know, you could have done a little better there today. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm God and uh, I'm into perfection and uh, you could have failed there. But, but, you know, get up tomorrow and it'll be better. He's not that way. He just, he wants to actually say, good job. And even when you mess up. You ever had a good employer or a good mentor? And when they corrected you, they told you what you did well. And then they said, oh, by the way, there's this thing you could do better. Right? That's a good, that's a good employer. The bad employer never tells you anything you do well. Just tells you every way that you mess up. Right? Well, God's not a bad employer. He's not even an employer. He's a father. And what he does is he catches you doing the right stuff. And then he threads in the times where, you know, son, you could do better here. I'll help you. So some of you just need to, as I close this up, biggest thing is you need to understand that God's seeing you. He knows exactly where you are today. And he just needs you to realize that, to trust him, to come to him. And the other thing on a bigger level you need to understand is that God sees this church. He sees everything going on here. He sees everything you're doing. He sees all that's happening. You need to plan and move it forward. And we'll all stand back and go, wow, God, never saw that coming. It's going to be exciting. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just ask the Lord. You know, as we close, I just really want to encourage you to open your heart to the Lord right now. Because He... 
He wants to download to you right now grace. This isn't just about a message. This is about God touching your heart right now, speaking truth to you and giving you Holy Spirit strength, right? So, so uh, remember I said he wants to strengthen those hearts that are fully committed to him. These, his eyes are roving. His eyes are roving right now over this room. And all he wants to do is if you just in your heart say, God, I'm committed to you and I'm, I'm opening up to you and I'm ready for you to do something. That's all he looks for. And he will do something right now. So, Father, our eyes, our hearts are open to you. We want to be fully committed this morning. Father, I thank you that we that you see us. I thank you that your eyes are on us when we're in that desert place, when we're in that tough spot, when we're doing well, you see us. Lord, help us remember that this week. Help us trust in that. Help us rely on that this week. And Father, we just praise you for your goodness. Lord, I pray for every person here right now. You know, you see them. You know where they're living right now. You know the challenges. You know the celebrations. God, I ask you to touch hearts and lives right now with grace, with Holy Spirit strength. By your, your, your spirit, we pray, Lord. You know, if, if, if this stirs you, and you're just saying, yeah, I just need a touch from God this morning. I just I'm just saying yes to him and I just need something special from him today. Just put your hand up right now. I'm going to pray for you. Just put your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pray right now. And 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 he's here. So so you just with me, you reach out in prayer and you believe that he's doing something. Father, we pray for these people with their hands lifted right now that you would come. And you would touch their hearts right now. And Lord, I pray for their circumstances. Father, you would speak into their circumstance. You'd bring truth and life. And where there's issues and there's difficulties, God, we thank you that you see it and you meet them in their wilderness and their desert and you give life right now. And Father, you know where they've been and you know where they're going. And we ask you to lead them this week. Holy Spirit, would you touch them right now? Even speak truth to their spirit. Lord, let them even sense a solution maybe where they haven't sensed it. I just speak blessing over them right now. In Jesus' name. And lastly, just with our heads bowed, eyes closed. I do this every week, but it's so important. To anyone here and you'd say, Ian, I've never thought about that, that God wants to see me, that he sees me. I, and actually, I don't have a relationship with him yet. I I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. I've never asked God to forgive me for my sins. I've never made that decision to follow him, but I'm sensing in my heart there's something, and I need to give my life to Christ. I need a change in my life. If you're here today and that's you and you need to do that, you know it. We want to give you an opportunity right now, just with our heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here and you need to make a decision to receive Jesus, or maybe you followed him once and you've moved back, you want to recommit yourself. Would you just slip your hand up for me? Just slip your hand up for me right now. Anybody here needs to give their life to Christ today. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you before we leave. Anybody at all? Father, thank you. Thank you that you see us. And Lord, I just thank you that you go into this week with us. And Lord, thank you for the baptisms coming. God bless this time out at the ranch. Pray that at the acreage, I pray everyone could come. And I pray you bless it, and we thank you for new life, and we thank you for all you're doing in our midst. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give the Lord a clap today. Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca.